you did a Facebook post? Yeah, I did a Facebook post earlier, and, and my caption was, be patient, keep living and working with passion, and you'll get there. <laughs> well, you know. that, is a, <laughs> that is a great way to start. Yeah. That is a great way to start wisdom of fashion. You guys, I almost called it butterflies of wisdom. <laughs> well, welcome to Wisdom of Fashion. Today it's on episode number two. It's just Mel and I talking about our fashion journeys. As you guys know, I am actually going back to school for fashion journalism, so in the fall, so I am slowly but slowly working on the paperwork for that, but everything is looking copacetic for that, so it's going to have to happen, and I'll explain this to you guys on Butterflies of Wisdom on Monday. What's going to have to happen is there's going to be a slight adjustment to scheduling releasing dates here because, quite frankly, since I don't have a set class date, I have to go to class every single day. But my main classes will be Mondays and Thursdays. So when that time hits, you guys may just have to bail with textbooks instead of podcasting for a moment, but I'm going to try my hardest to keep both podcasts going and just do that. But enough about my fashion update. Let's start this. And what I want to start with today is it's a typical Friday and you know what I'm wearing? A long sleeve t-shirt and black pants and potted tennis shoes. I just couldn't get it together this morning of, to get dressed up. So I'm like, fine, fine. You get what you get. And so when it comes to fashion, it doesn't always have to be the nice fancy top. And it doesn't always have to be the nice dance and dance either and so it just has to be what makes you feel comfortable when do you agree with that now yeah absolutely it just you know it depends on your mood it depends on what what's going on if you're just lounging around the house or if you have something to go do i think uh your personal style sometimes is dictated by what's going on at that moment right you know so yeah absolutely yep Yep, and I just, um, I am just, I had to go do something which landed me in exercise clothes. Half the time, you guys, I wear exercise clothes. That's the easiest. That's the easiest. I, you guys, catch me in nice tops, but you, nine times out of ten, will catch me in bad leggings. Because that's the easiest for functionality functionality purposes too. So basically, what I'm trying to do is help the disabled 
not only feel confident inside and out, but I'm also trying to interview up-and-coming designers, which I think is going to work out. But um, today, Mel and I wanted to do this episode just so you guys can hear us both speak. And the personal style end of it is don't. I'm not suggesting you put on fancy tops and a pair of leggings, although fancy tops and a pair of leggings work out great for me, but they might not work out great for you. You know, to me, personal style has to start with the fit first because I've seen people buy expensive clothing that doesn't fit on their body properly, and it looks horrible, right? And then I've seen people buy things that are not expensive, but it fits perfectly on them, or they make the tailoring adjustments to it, and it looks amazing on them, and regardless of what they spent on it. And then on top of that, they're confident in what they wear. They understand colors as to what works for their skin tone, and they're very happy and somewhat sexy in it because they don't care anymore. They just put it on and it fits right and they can go about their day and not be self-conscious about it, you know. So I think how your clothes fit really has a big part in how well your personal style fits you. You have to care about that. And I don't care if you're disabled or not. It doesn't matter. You know, I think I think if you have the right type of clothing that fits you, if you understand the brands that work for you, if you or if you prefer to have your clothing tailored, so be it. But nonetheless, you can buy particular brands that are very close to how your body fits into it and make and, and just bring it to a, a cleaners or a tailor. Most of your cleaners out there have tailors on site that can make adjustments, a little hem here, a little taper there, you know, whatever the case may be. And it, it, you'll look like a million bucks. And when you look like a million bucks, chances are you're going to feel like a million bucks, right? That's really, yeah. you know, key. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's what I think. really key. And mm-hmm. what uh, the funny mm-hmm. thing is, you guys, Miss Lynn is going to get, get autistic on you here because um, part of my fashion journalism is, is physically drawing. So you're going to see some interesting little um, drawings there out of me. I didn't think, I did not think in a million years that part of um, fashion journalism is drawing fashion. I just thought, okay, it's writing and it's writing and that's it. And I'm like, okay, we... So the autistic talent in the wind is coming back out. But um, that being said, I should have gone in to design clothes for the disabled. That may be in my next life that I go back to school to become a full-foot fashion designer because um, because I just love the fact of feeling confident in my clothes and nine times out of now, there isn't enough designers out there catering towards the disabled. I'm sorry. 
but there's not enough. I mean, I know that Tommy Hilfiger started a line at one point, specifically for the disabled. And so oh. there's not enough. So what can what can we, you and I, do to solve this problem? And I know what I can do. I can potentially come go back to school after my fashion journalism degree and um, become a full-fledged fashion designer, which the moment I say that, the moment I say that, Mel's going to say yes, and <laughs> all the rest of you are going to say yes, and solve, solve your own problem here. Solve your own problems while helping the disabled. So, but in the meantime, what can we do as a community to help the disabled feel confident and feel beautiful on the inside and out? Inside and out? Well, you kind of beat me to the punch because my first question was going to be, well, what's stopping you from being an exclusive fashion designer for the disabled? You know, it, that's, that's impressive to me that part of your curriculum is going to be drawing, which is fantastic because, you know, I, I have a bit of an art background myself, and there's nothing greater than risking creation. Art is risk. And I don't care if it's fashion, music, writing, whatever the case may be. The greatest force of art in the world took a lot of risk. And in all the art classes I took, the, you know, the, the basic premise is if you don't risk expressing yourself through your art, you're never going to create what you really, really want or what resonates within you to make you feel like you've created something. So as you're doing your, your drawing, and I imagine you're going to be doing a lot of thumbnails, a lot of drafts, what really excites me about yeah. this journey you're taking on is that you're going to be dealing with lots of different mediums. I mean, you'll be using charcoal, you'll be using pen, you'll be using paper. And then the colors. Oh, my God, I love color. You know, so kudos to you. So, you know, that's, that's one aspect of it. The second, and, you know, that could lead to you actually being a great designer because it's important to you. Now, in the meantime, what we could do is why can't we reach out to designers? Obviously, the market dictates the demand. If you had enough people, you know, if you, you could do a rally cry for, you know, all the tables and say, hey, help me put together a campaign, and let's make fashion awareness for the disabled a campaign. So for the Tommy Hilfigers and the Ralph Lorenz and, and the Vera Wangs of the world, why would they not want to be part of that campaign? Why would they not want to have a fashion line that's innovative and loving and caring and stylish for that market? It's simple supply and demand. It really, really is. Once you create something like that, you can refine it over time, and once the demand goes up, then you can provide more styles and more options and more choices, and what do you got? Now you have a staple, right? I mean, that's really how it happens. At least I would think so. What do you think? I I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree with you, and someone needs to start that campaign. Otherwise, guess what? Guess who's going back to fashion school <laughs> to really understand? But why can't why can't you do both though? Why can't you do both? Why can't you can be? <laughs> yeah, no, you. I'm serious. Through this podcast, I mean, that's one of the things about this podcast. It's, it's this podcast is specific. It's awareness specific, right? I don't yeah. know of any other 
fashion-targeted specific podcast out there for the disabled. I don't know of any other. The reason why I agreed to do this with you is because of the innovation of it all. Number two, I love fashion. Yes. And number three, yes. I, you know, anything you're going to be involved in is going to be a winning thing. So I wanted to be a part of it. So having said no that. No pun intended. Why, why, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> no pun intended. I just, I didn't realize that. Something. Yes. <laughs> why, yes. No pun intended. Why, why, why can't you do Kill Two Birds with One Stone? You just create the awareness through this, through this podcast. And I'm telling you, it would not take a lot to find an established or young and up-and-coming designer. So just give us some insights on it. And you, and, and you have, and you just, you know, we have a few guests here and there. And I'm telling you, all it takes is an email or, a, you know, a blurb out there and say, hey, if you know of any designers that would be willing to talk about fashion for, disa- for the disabled, come on board. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your insights. You know, from from, an, from a purely elementary perspective, how do you make it work and how do we tap into that market? That's one journey. And the other journey what, is going to be you doing it, my friend. Yeah. What I'm going to do is now try and tap into the Academy of Arts students um, who are in my fashion journalism class because I feel like I should be using my resources now for and wide. But mm-hmm. I that's it, you guys. That's it. After after I get my uh associate degree in fashion journalism, I'm actually um potentially on the move out to your neck of the village now. Yeah. Well close to it. Close do it, and then, or oh, they might have a degree online. I haven't, the degrees they offer online, I look for um, designing degrees. I know they offer designing degrees in person, but they offer fashion journalism online. So, my homework, literally, is going to start reaching out to designers, up-and-coming designers, and you guys can right. help me with this. And, Mel, you can help me completely. And then I will. those who are listening can help me. Second of all, I'm going to get my paperwork organized, not only to do fashion journalism, but after I do that, I will um, potentially become a disabled fashion designer because this is nuts. This is nuts that there's a huge market that we're not catering to. This is crazy. This is crazy that um, there was a young woman and with Down syndrome and she was the first woman with Down syndrome and the New York Times the New York Times actually did article on a Google Down syndrome and New York Fashion Week and she actually walked in New York Fashion Week. Wow. So, so now my yeah. Now my and if you go back and I'm actually going to bring my a friend of my on who runs another podcast 
the electronic runway. You go back to the butterflies of wisdom speed and listen to Amanda Costco and I speak. And she's a journalist. And all she does is focus on fashion. And so this is a movement that is going to keep going and going to keep going. And that's it. After I get my bachelor's in fashion journalism, I'm going to go and potentially become a fashion designer because, Mel, I agree with you. I need to now serve my own need and other people's needs. I mean, the moment the moment the letter arrives in the mail, I said to my dad, who got the letter in the mail in the mailbox, and because the welcome letter did not come via email, I go, well, that's great. Now, how am I going to help the disabled with this degree? That's wonderful that I got in, and now I'm going to help the disabled. How am I going to help the disabled with this degree? He looks at me, goes, when? You're not even helping yourself yet. You're thinking of <laughs> the bigger picture, and it's like, right. yeah, I'm always thinking of the bigger picture. And so that's it. That's it. My life's calling is full-time podcaster and fashion designer here because um, after fashion journalism, I'm going to look into fashion school from the Academy of Arts. You know, I, I, I'm just kind of listening to you and kind of picturing what this would evolve into. <laughs> Taking you know, it I all think, in? I, I think... I think Wisdom of Fashion is a beautiful name for a brand. I could see tags that say Wisdom of Fashion. I could see, you know, a website that has beautiful clothing that, that's, yeah, sure. I'm a visionary by nature, you know. So, you know, I, something piques my interest. I start kind of running with it, and I go, yeah, I could see that. That's it. Absolutely. And, and the one thing yeah. about success and business and creativity, there is none of it that's possible without love and passion. I'm sorry. It just isn't especially if you're talking about an industry where creativity is necessary. It takes love and it takes passion. I mean, Ralph Lauren made his, I, if I, I read somewhere, the very first things he, the, the, the first items he designed and crafted back then were neckties. And what separated, you know, his from everybody else was the love and care he put into designing those ties, you know. So, and then look at him now. He's a powerhouse in the, in the fashion industry, a complete icon, and probably the most recognizable, if not first initial designer you think of in your mind, that's not European, right? It's Ralph Lauren, and then it's Phil Figure, and then Tom Ford, and whoever, right? You know, so, but uh, that's how it starts, though, you know? It starts with an idea, and it starts with a love and a passion, and then you, you know, you see a need, you feel a need. I remember that from a, 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 an animated movie called Robots, you know, and, and, uh, Robin Williams was the was the robot, and the young person that uh, that he befriended, his dad used to teach him. See a need, fill a need, right? Well, there you go. There's a need. When you know, okay, you fill the need. Okay. <laughs> In a winning way. Okay, Mel wins on this one. Mel wins on this one. Yeah, because oh, it's I. Simple. It's not even complicated. You know, it's uh, simple. It's not even complicated. <laughs> 
Okay, you guys. No, no, no just uh, a matter of doing it. Just a matter of doing it. No, now I'm going to seriously look um, into online uh, on online programs for fashion um, designing, and quite frankly, since 2006, I wanted this degree. Now, when time has come, almost it will be, what, my 30th birthday, June 22nd, and I just had to get my health together first, but as I was staying at a feeling of the hospital, from a hospital bed, I, um, I dreamed of doing something with fashion, because I'm like, okay, okay, you guys, you give me gowns that are not fashionable. You give me gowns that are not fashionable. You know what? I would get myself up and get myself dressed with help and walk up and down the hallway. And people would say, what are you doing? You just had back surgery. The nurses would look at me like a crazy, and I'm like, I'm not wearing those gowns up in the whole hallway, and you guys know the gowns I'm talking about, and if you go mm-hmm. back and listen to Robin, um, Robin, a tiny superhero, so I forget Robin's last name, what she's doing is giving peace to the disabled when they go into the hospital. Well, capes are totally different thing, capes is a totally different kind of fish than fashion, but I am going to, Mel, no, you got this bug in my head, so you better get it out. <laughs> you better get it out. Of, it's you better not now. <laughs> my idea there and put more passion underneath me. Jeez. Yeah. I, yeah. Jeez, of course. Of course, my family's supportive. And my dad's excited that I get to use colored pencils again for my, um, one of my classes. And it's like, okay, how am I supposed to help the disabled? So if you guys have any brilliant ideas of, if you know any fashion designers that um, want to come and speak with Mel and I, let us know and we can get in touch with them. We don't necessarily have a form set up yet, but that is something that Mel and I are going to be working on. And so we, um, right now it's just via email, via Facebook, via Twitter, but um, right now it's going to be um, that, and Mel and I will work on that as of next week, so we have a formal intake process. I'll tell you what, I'm going to do an all-out, an all-out assault out there. I'm going to look for, and it's going to be my mission by next week to find a designer who's going to talk with us. And all it takes is one that turns into three that turns into five. That's all it takes. Yeah. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll do a couple, I'll do a post and a search. Uh, in Facebook and Instagram, and I guarantee you, and I will do. Thank, 
Hey, I can do I that. Will do a search sure. via, I uh, will do a search via Twitter. I can put perfect. the hashtag fashion yeah. and um, and then the Thomas Dick and Harry will come click on that hashtag. It's, it's not going to be that hard. You guys, it's not going to be that hard. And we ask the audience if you guys know of any up-and-coming fashion designers that want to um, come speak to us on the disabled front, we are more than happy to have them on sure. because I want – this is a need that I'm really passionate about. When I when I started Butterflies um, with them, um, it's coming up on four years. June 15th is four years. And when I started Butterflies of Wisdom, if I went to school when I started Butterflies of Wisdom, imagine where I be now, but no, instead I took my time. But now I'm really, truly passionate about something and I'm going to stick with it, maybe a little too much. <laughs> And I'm just looking at my office. My office will become my design studio if I'm not careful. Jeez. And my office is at a baseball hallway. Jeez. So I I don't know what um, this fashion journalism degree is going to. It's going to make me. It's going to make me a better person. I know that, but I don't know how. It, I don't know yet how it's going to change me. I know that one of my classes is going to be fashion drawing. So yeah, why not take fashion drawing to the next step and um, the uh, disabled fashion designer with help, of course. I will get help because. I can't pin to save my life. I can't pin to save my life. My, um, I like fashion. I like fashion on the outside. But I have never experienced fashion on the inside. Yes, I have. Actually, that's not true. I had a person, as we mentioned, <laughs> telling, I had a person for a while come to my house and telling my clothes. Have done, and tailors are not cheap, so you might as well learn how to do it yourself. And so, right. yeah, this is this is going to be my passion. This is going to be my calling. But basically, what Mel and I wanted to speak to you guys today about why the why behind um, wisdom of fashion and my why. Well, you guys know this by now. My why is to help the disabled, and everyone is shocked. I haven't even started my degree yet, and I'm thinking, how and how and how am I supposed to help the disabled look pretty and confident on the outside in? And, Mel, what is your why behind this? You know, I I just love seeing people feel confident and be confident. And how you dress 
has a lot to do with that. There's a lot of factors in feeling good about yourself, starting with your self-language, you know, followed by your philosophy on life, followed by how you groom yourself. And absolutely how you present yourself to the world in your clothing has a lot to do with that. You know, um, I'm, I love fashion, but very, very fashion conscious myself. I'm in, I'm in exercise clothes by profession because of, uh, as a coach. So whenever I get a chance, like if when I, tra- I went to New York over the weekend, right? Whenever I travel by plane, I always wear a suit. I just do. You know, I like to dress up like an executive and because I am one, you know, so, you know, it, I, I just think, I just think we're on the right track here. I think you're going to do a huge service to to the market, and uh, I'm on board with that. And anything I can do to help, uh, I'll do. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to do a search, several searches. We're going to find some designers that are going to offer different perspectives on the what, how, and why. And let's style up the disabled. How about that? What do you think? Yes. I, I highly agree with that. And can we please – do an episode all about airport fashion and what you <laughs> should do and what you shouldn't do. Oh, my. Right. Oh, my. Right. Oh, my. And it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that I mean, could, I mean, uh, look, that's going to be next right. playing podcast all in itself. Zeke. You know, your, your, your nonverbal communication and body language has a lot to do with, with how serious people take you. I mean, if you want to be taken seriously, you know, uh, how you act, how you groom, how, you, how you're dressed, how you, your self-language, all that speaks volumes before you even open your mouth. It really does. You know, that's why when I travel or I go places, I make it a point to look professional and look sharp and make sure the clothing I wear fits me properly, you know, and... And there's an ad, there's an adage that's you're never too overdressed. You could show up, you know, to the supermarket in a tuxedo, and it would be okay, right? <laughs> you can you could show up to an, to an Easter egg hunt in a black, you know, in a black cocktail dress, and it'd be okay, right? You know, so um, I, I just think we can have a lot of fun with this. And that's another thing too. When you're dressed well, you, it's fun, right? I mean, why would you not want to look good, feel good? Have a great time, and and just feel wonderful about yourself. You know, yeah. A, a dash of color can be de- sure. Absolutely, I definitely agree. Absolutely. I mean, right? I definitely agree. And what's going, what's going to happen here now is in the next couple of weeks, this um, movement is going to be huge and trust me I'm going to make it huge and trust me my fan base is going to follow me behind me and say okay what is when doing next how are we going to spawn it and um, we need to do a whole episode now on airport and airport etiquette and airport etiquette and dressing because I yeah. um I don't do it but I definitely notice that people ugh, people in airplanes do not mix. They they want to be comfy. No. Granted, yeah. Uh, sure. They want to be comfy, but granted, yeah, if you get stuck in the airport 
Yeah, being comfy and being nicely dressed will help you. If you get mentally sure. stuck in the airport, being especially you flying coast to coast, and so you never know what's going to happen to planes. Right. Right. And you, you never know, know yeah. what passengers are going to get on plane, and I don't bring up the United thing, but I will. Mm. Um, right. They were... The United, the original United States, they were traveling on a buddy path, which for those of you who don't know what a buddy, buddy path is, I have so many friends in the airline industry. My boss's husband now works for United. And um, for those of you who don't know what a buddy path is, a buddy path is when a United employee gives a friend or family member a pass for uh, essentially a comp or discounted airline ticket. Well, mm-hmm. under the um, under the United dress code, and I'll look this up so that the next time we talk all about their partners, because I have it straight in front of me, under the United airlines um, buddy pass requirements, you can't wear leggings. And what mm. makes me upset is that people think all leggings are leggings. And that's what I get upset. I said, look, I'm a disabled. I need to wear leggings. So that's what really got me thinking about going into fashion when United shit hit the fan, I'm sorry for my language, but that's um, how I feel oh laughing at me because they never <laughs> heard me say that. But um, but that's how I feel. A legging is not a legging. You can pull, up. you can make elastic pants and make them beautiful, and then you can wear them on the plane. Okay. Just so I understand it, could they have a policy that that women cannot wear leggings on the plane? Yes, yes. And okay, the so, next time that we talk, I will look that policy up. The next time we talk, I will look that policy up. Just so I understand clearly, my what you know what a, a legging is. From what I understand, leggings are like skin tight kind of yes. uh, yes. pants that go all the way down to your ankles over leggings. Now, yes. how, how yes. is that a negative or how does that affect the flight of a plane or the, or the environment or atmosphere of the flight? I, I'm, not, I'm not understanding why that would be a problem. They were, they were traveling, and I kind of get it. I get it because they were – when I used to travel – with my mom, and she used to wear a condo shirt and loafers and nice loafers at that. And I, plus, she used to dress me to the nines when we were traveling. And so I get it because it's the, I get it partially because 
they were traveling on a discounted ticket or maybe a comp ticket, which they call a buddy pass. So United has stricter policies when you travel on a buddy pass than when you travel on a regular first-class ticket. Okay. And and I'm sorry, but I have talked to um, United Airlines stewardess and United Airlines um, employees about this, and they will not come on any podcast to explain this one. I know that for a fact. You won't find any stewardess coming on any podcast to explain this one. And United holds a very high standard. And they, I'm coming from a disabled standpoint, and if they like the way you dress, they will help you. Whereas if you're standing there and PJ bottoms, they might right. not help you in carrying a pillow. So they might not help you. So me, um, me in my wheelchair, I try my damnedest to get dressed up. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean... It's, because even, I, if I, I'm, I, yeah. even if I'm traveling with uh, aid, I um, am nine times one paying for my both my ticket and my aid ticket. So, right. yeah. So, yeah. I don't... I don't necessarily care if my age in a T-shirt, um, which my age has been in a T-shirt before, and they have been in cargo pants. Now, cargo pants are a totally different thing. But as long as you're not standing in your PJ bottoms, I'm happy. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, there's, there should be travel etiquette. Right. I've seen people board planes that you're like, did you just roll out of bed? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. are you, are, you know, you, you, I mean, okay, you're going to a coast-to-coast flight or whatever, and uh, do you plan on, it's not even a red-eye flight, right? That's broad daylight, and they're wearing PJs, or they're wearing, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. It's, they've got flip yeah, no, on, but- they, you know, I mean, Glenn, but I, not or a bathrobe, right? I mean, it's, it's just funny to me. Yeah. But anyway. Glenn, I have anyway. traveled at 6 a.m. when I was young to um, coast to, I traveled from here, Aspen, Colorado, to um, Nassau, Bahamas, which, mm. um, yeah, the closer you get, to Atlanta, the more people you will see standing in right. their PJs. I'm sorry, right, right. but that's um, the um, the down south is not fashion conscious. <laughs> down south <laughs> well, is yeah. not fashion conscious whatsoever. Maybe not. not. Yeah. yeah. I, but, I, haven't, I haven't had that much experience yet, but I'll take your word for it. Well, yeah, but when you travel to New York 
or when you travel to California, you realize that people are say fashion conscious. And so uh-huh. I think next week, you guys, we're going to do a whole airport etiquette fashion lesson on wisdom of fashion because I just need to get that out there. And, yes, I'm going to do a search on Twitter. And, yes, I'm going to, um, after I get my bachelor's degree in um, fashion journalism, yes, I may um, become a fashion designer, probably. Probably. I'm not saying that now. But because of where this journey has led me to fashion journalism, it's only fitting that I take this first class and expand my knowledge on this first class. I mean, it's number one. That's pretty awesome. I see big plans for you. (laughs) uh, Well, well, if I came up with these big plans in 2006, God knows I wouldn't be out there. God knows I wouldn't be out there. Nope. I had to stick with teaching and learn my lessons learn my lessons in teaching and then go for my passion. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> teaching preschool for eleven years. Yeah, there's only so so much a body um can do and that's why you don't see very many teachers getting dressed up. You see teachers in comfy pants and you see teachers with no makeup on because of the paycheck and because they don't have time to put makeup on. I mean, they don't. They don't. Maybe we should. I think um, I think next week needs to be uh, airport etiquette fashion episode, and then the next week needs to be a teacher fashion episode because, uh, yeah, I have seen teacher um, – Teachers walk into the classroom with overload. I'm not kidding, Phil, when I say that. Hmm. So when, yeah. I'm, when I say that, I'm not kidding. So um, so it's all these industries, including the disabled, need um, fashion help. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, uh, how you dress can definitely uh, lend to how serious people take you, right? And uh, yeah. from an interior design standpoint, and your own inner self, um, you know, whenever you do a, whenever you go through a personal makeover with your grooming, with your style, with your clothing, the fitting of your clothes, the kind of colors you wear, it just, it, it really just brings the best out of you. Now, unless you're a real toxic person and you don't care, then that's a whole other thing. But bottom line is, you know, people for the most part, you know, when they feel good about themselves, they're going to act better as well. And they're going to want to, they're going to attract better situations to themselves and people are going to want to be around you. So I've never met anybody who's gone through a personal makeover that, that wasn't happy and, and that didn't, uh, that didn't have people gravitate to them uh, for better reasons, right? There's a show that I used to, I used to 
watch on TLC, what not to wear, and all mm, that show yeah. does, and all that show did was personal makeovers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I own a company called Fitness Together back from 2003 to 2008, and a local producer um, did a search for a team that he was assembling because he was putting together a makeover show. And we were on TV and everything, and I had the biggest—I had the biggest responsibility. I had, oh God, I want to say, six weeks worth of transformation, where the winners of whoever was selected to be part of this—I think there were six people—they came to my company, they came to my facility, and, and they were trained. We worked them out. We, you know, we had them, you know, eat better and whatnot. A lot of them lost, you know, almost all of them lost weight and lost inches. And then in the end, everybody else got involved. The clothing, the people who owned the clothing companies and the, and the dentists that did the teeth cleaning and then the, and then the hairstylists and the makeup. They, they were involved at the end. I was involved from beginning to end. And I gotta tell you, the transformation of people who lose weight and then put it all together with the right outfits and, and the right grooming and the right makeup, both men and women, I gotta tell you, man, just get teeth cleaning, right? All that. It just, Every single person just felt better and was happier, and you could just feel how it exudes outward from them. You could just see see it in their eyes that you know it changed them. And on top of that, their family members were very impressed. And and so when we did the final show, we did the final reveal at the end. It was terrific. It was fantastic. You know. So yes, it matters how you dress matters. How you take care of yourself. How you groom yourself. You know, it matters, people. Take good care of yourself, right? Yes, yes. And next week we're um, we're going to do airport etiquette, and then we're going to do my favorite teaching etiquette. I um, I like to travel as well, but um, mm. teaching and teaching um, fashion is something that I've been approached to do several times and what right. happens um, what <laughs> yeah what happens is I can't do it because I am always dressed in the eyes and these um, these people that are post me to do it the parents of the disabled they can't get their kids to get dressed in the eyes, and it's like, well, if you grew up with a mom who wore um, Louis Vuitton sandals half the half of the time in the summer or mafistos, then you would see what the true fashion is looking like. But nine times out of ten, as we mentioned earlier. You may find a clothes that you love, but they may not fit to you right. So then we got another problem. And it's like, oh, it's a full circle. And yes, I am, with Mel's help, I am trying to reach an audience that is not only the able-bodied audience, but primarily the disabled audience. Because I need to reach, I need to fix my own problems there. 
you guys, I need to fix my own issues. And if you if you don't love the way you look, you've got problems. So now I need to fix my yeah. issues with with a fashion journalism degree and then with a fashion design designee degree. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Sixing my mm-hmm. own issues at later in the life. But um, all in all, and Mel's going to get into this a little bit more on, on June 19th, which we're going to have my 30th birthday podcast episode oh, um, on June 19th, which my birthday's not until June 22nd, you guys. But Mel has offered to interview me on um, Butterflies of Wisdom on June 19th. So that will be a very special episode because, of course, my phone will be going off at a thousand miles a minute as my 30th birthday approaches. I mean, it scares everyone in my, my life that they have a friend with their bipolar if I'm on there to search. And so, yeah, it just scares everyone. So now, now I'm finding my true um, passion in life. I'm finding my true calling. And yes, this is my true calling. I'm sorry to all the teachers out there who thought Miss Wynn was going to stay in teaching. But I can make more money doing what I love um, and helping the population that needs help than I can teaching. Even though even though the kids in teaching need help too. But I wanna help the disabled as much as I can and that is my end of this podcast episode piece and Mel, anything else that you wanna say? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in in respect to that, true teaching goes beyond the classroom. I know that you have dedicated a number of years to it in your personal life as a profession, but the one of the things that you're teaching other teachers and people are are that follow your true calling, take a risk. You're leading by example. You're teaching others something greater than you can learn in the classroom. And once you have achieved this endeavor, you know, being a, a fashion journalist and then also being a fashion designer, you're going to teach the world that anything's possible, and, and you're going to give your next educational gift that way. So absolutely, I'm, I'm very proud and honored to be, be your colleague, and and uh, let's get this done. All right, let's educate the world together. And <laughs> let's get this asylum. done. Let's not, get this done. let's not wait. Let's right. not wait anymore. And I, right. my, um, I've decided that my fan base has put up with enough of mental updates and enough of scary updates for me. And so, um, yes, and I'm still getting updates about my back. My back is, my back is fine. Now I just need to design a uh, fashionable-looking back place. That's my next little um, adventure here because my back place that I have on right now isn't Fashionable. They don't give medical tools a uh, sense of perception whatsoever. So, um, right. 
so I think that's going to be the plan, you guys. And you guys are going to follow this, this journey with me. And no, I'm not vlogging about it. I'm podcasting about it. And so, and there will be a book coming out eventually. Eventually, when I, um, when I get around to it, I will write a book on me becoming a fashion journalist. So I'm super excited and I'm honored that Mel took the plunge and said yes again. And so we will see you guys next Tuesday. The reason why I'm postdating it is because it comes out on Tuesday, even though it's Friday when we record this. So we will see you guys next Tuesday for episode number um, three, Airport Etiquette. And then episode number four is Teacher Fashion Etiquette, which should be a fun one. And so, Mel, is there any closing thoughts that you want to say? No, that's it. You know, have a great weekend, everybody. And never underestimate the power of looking good. That's all. That's all, and we appreciate you guys tuning in. This podcast is on the Android side. It is on the Apple podcast side as well. And so Mel and I will be back on Monday to record Butterflies of Wisdom, but we're pretty much doing this Wisdom of Fashion every single Friday, so those of you that want to chime in, let let us know, and then we'll take your feedback to on. I've got one feedback, and people seem to enjoy the smell. A different side of me, a different side of you that they didn't Absolutely. know we had. Yeah, take a risk. So, Talk about something different. Learn something new. Yeah, take take a risk, and I we will catch you guys next week on Monday for Butterflies of Wisdom and on Tuesday for the Wisdom of Fashion. Thanks to you guys. Thank you. Take care.